So as, you, as you've already found out, um, this is my, my final Sunday at All Souls. Um, so to any visitors, I'm sorry if you're, you're coming in uh, at the end of a joke, uh, or no. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're coming in at something else. And I, I'm, I'm sorry if I get emotional as well. I'll try, I'll try not to blub uh, on stage. But, um, but the, the thing is that it is... It is emotional, where we are, it's, it's a, an important time. And how to say goodbye, to remember what's important um, and what is at the heart of why we meet here on a Sunday. That's, that's why I'm here. I'm not going to say too much about what I'm going into or try and recollect. I just want to, for my own sake and for all of our sakes, to continue on looking what it means of God's love. What, why do we... Why do we look at God's love? What is his unbreakable, unshakable promises for us, which is the sermon series that we're doing at the moment. Sometimes we find it hard to express um, what we really mean or why we're, what, what, we, what we want. And if I do find it hard to express... Um, Part of that might be to do with um, my, my little cousin, who's one year old, who I ended up babysitting last night. And um, so, just so you know that I now know what most of you feel like um, on a Sunday morning, that uh, I've been... <laughs> but she, she can't always express everything that she wants. She wasn't able to articulate to me last night when she was grumbling and feeling upset. But she, she does feel it, and as I say, it's an emotional response of, of what we feel and how, what we want to, to say. And that's why I want to look at this passage today. That it's because it shows of God's love. And as we were hearing over this passage, over these, this series, that God's love for us is emotional. He is like a person. He has feelings for us. He has feelings for the world, which is why he engages with it. He loves it. And when you love, you have to get emotional. If you're not, then something's going on. Love is also a choice, definitely, but that's an emotional decision to love when things are going tough. And so thinking about the most important thing, thinking about trying to express something that we need to keep, keep on expressing and to know what it really is that we're, that's the most important thing, I thought I would look and preach on probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible, but it continues to articulate this love that God has for his people. So if you have a Bible, then open it up to page 1066. John 3:16 and 17. Quite often, John 3.16 is known as the most famous verse in the Bible, and uh, my old vicar used to say that John 3.17 was probably the, uh, the most forgotten verse in the Bible because, you know, it's next to its famous brother. Both equally important. So this is Jesus talking, and he's been talking to Nicodemus, who's come to ask him questions. And he's just talked about how we need to be born again of the Spirit. But then verse 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We've been looking in this, this series of God's unbreakable love for us. And this, as a, a verse and as a passage and as a statement, sums up God's love for us. And it is so incredible. And so I'm going to look very briefly at it, but it reminds me of what's most important about our faith, why we meet, and what we, how we need to respond. So first of all, God loves. That's, I think that's the... Sometimes I find it easy to see God as somebody that is just up there, that created us. But to see is to know somebody that he actually loves, he cares. You know, love makes all the difference in a relationship. You know, that famous passage from 1 Corinthians 13 that is usually um, given at weddings. If I have not love, then I'm a clanging gong or a, a resounding cymbal. And what's wonderful is the fact that God loves us. When we've been hearing about covenant, what it means to be in covenant relationship, that Richard's talked about that, that there's three types, you know, that our, God's love for us is not just like a commitment. It's not that he commits himself to us saying, I'm just going to love you, whatever. It doesn't matter if you muck up whatever you say or do. It doesn't really make any difference. I'm just going to be committed to you. That's part of it but that's not all of it. And it's not, also, it's not either just like a contract that love or, or relationship is just, if I do this, you do that. If you do this, then I'll do that. If you don't do this or don't do that, then we'll go our separate ways. And part of our relationships are like that, but that's not nearly the whole picture. Our relationship with God, and it shows with, and it's mirroring or what our marriage relationships are like, or our relationships with our parents and our people close to us, is a covenant relationship. It's a relationship where love is involved. It's not just commitment, it's not just contract, but it's, but it's those two married up with a love for the other person. And love demands a response. Love means that we have to, we have to make a decision. Because if, if you, there's nothing... If somebody comes up to you and says, hi there, um, hello, you know, you've got a choice whether you say hello back or not. And you can, if somebody says, oh, the weather's not very nice today, you can, you can make a, you don't need to say anything. But if somebody comes up to you and says, I love you, there's such a, you can't, there's no, you can't have a, a non-response to that. Either it repels you and you have to run away or you have to respond in love and God is like that with us he he comes out to us he comes to us and he says I love you and that's what this verse is pointing out that what God has done in Jesus for us is is summing up all of God's love in all the stories that we've been hearing about and all the Old Testament, it all comes to Jesus and comes, is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. 
And what's amazing about God is that he, he gives his heart to us. We also know that when, when, somebody, when we say, I love you to somebody, or we show love, and they reject it, we know what it feels like. Richard was talking a few weeks ago about Ezekiel, that, that that's what God, God feels like a spurned lover to his people that keep on turning their backs and going off in a different direction. And when we, I realized that when, when we love somebody, as you can imagine, about to propose, when I was sort of proposing to, to Hillary, you know, I'm thinking about all of these things, that, and that, that risk that you take, that somebody might say no. I was pretty sure she'd say yes, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> but it's still a risk. And that's what God does with us. He risks himself by letting go, trying to control us or, or power, power over us, which he could so easily do since he's God. But he comes to us in a, at a place of being vulnerable, of open, of giving up control, and of seeing whether we will love him back. God so loved the world. And he, 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 he loved the whole world. It's not just, it's not just those who, who are interested in God. That was what was incredible about that statement when Jesus gave it. It's not just God just loves his Old Testament people. It's not that God just loves you know, people that go to church on Sunday. God loves the whole world. Every single one of us whether we respond to him or know him or not. And, and that's so encouraging, you know, that God is the same for, for, for all of us. His heart is the same for all of us. It's not like if we think that any sense of the fact that because we go to church, God should be nicer to us. That's us entering into that contract. But actually, God loves the whole world. And we need to remember that when in our churches, it's, it, I was struck that, so I read a, read a phrase that God doesn't demand sinners or people that don't go to church or, you know, you can put any word in there to go to church. But he does call his church to go to those people. He calls us to go out in the same way that he did, to love those around, to love the whole world. And that's, that's why it's been... Great to be involved when I've been involved in Iverbridge, when I've been involved in Little Souls. It's great to see, to be connected, to go out to the schools. I've loved doing that because God loves all of them. His love is for all of us. God so loved the world. And God's love, this, he loves in this covenant way. He makes himself vulnerable that he loves us like, like another person. But he then, it also says, he gave his one and only son. This love is personal. God's love is personal to us. The fact that God chose to come at all is incredible. And if we saw God in his raw power and glory, then we would be cowed. We would, we would have to respond to him. In, in fear, because he is so incredible that he, he is above all his, his power and his glory. And that's the wonderful message of Christmas, that God didn't just come in his raw power. He came as a little baby. 
And that's what was incredible, holding my little cousin last night. And she's, she's, she can't talk, she can't express herself. That Jesus came as a little baby. He, he, he gave up power and control so that we would know that he is, we're on the same level as him. And that's the wonderful story of Christmas that we're going to, we've got the fun and the joy of entering into again, remembering that God came to us. He gave his life. But also we know that he ultimately gave up his life for us. Because all of us need saving. He said he gave his one and only son, that those who believe in him will be saved and I know that I need saving. You know, if I think I've got it all sorted, if you think I've got it all sorted, then you're definitely wrong. I know that I don't have it all sorted. There's so much that I get wrong. There's so many things that, like I would love to have been involved in and have, have done and conversations I'd love to have had with all of you. I know that I can't do it. I can't live this life for God without God and without knowing that he's lived this life and he has died for my sins, the things that I really do wrong. As Richard was saying last week about the new covenant in Jeremiah, that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And in Jesus, he does that. So he gives his one and only son, Jesus, to us. So God gave everything to us. And it's how will we respond to that? How will we respond to love? And I thinking of, of, of moving on, thinking of getting married, you know, how we respond, what will, we, what will I give? And I, you know, I, I've loved being here. I've loved giving my, my, my life, my, being involved in my work here. It's not really been work. It's been so much fun, actually. Most, most of the time, it's just great fun. But how... This verse challenges me again. If God gave everything, how much more do I need to give? Because I know I limit myself in what I give financially, what I give of my love, of my time. And the challenge here to, to me, to, to all of us, is if God loves us so much and that he gave himself so much, how will we respond? How will we give back to him? And that's why, that's why we say that... that that we want to, to love and to love him back with all that we say, all that we do, and all that we are. And God calls each one of us. And as I'm feeling called to go into marriage with Hillary, to move continents, to, mo to move to America into this new job, it's like God is calling each one of us, and he calls each one of you, he calls me. And how will we respond to that call? He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And... My sense is that God is calling, as I was saying earlier, go for it, because God is calling us into greater life. He wants to give us that life in all its fullness. That eternal life is not just sitting on a cloud, twinkling a harp, 
though I might enjoy sort of playing guitar for, for a bit more. But, you know, eternal life is life in all its fullness. It's God's kingdom come. It's living all our lives with God. And in that way, eternity, God's eternal life starts right here, right now, with each one of us as we respond to God with the love that we have. And so, and he's calling us to those who believe, and that's not, he's not shutting people out. He's just saying that he's given himself to us. He's entrusted his heart to us. How will we respond? Isn't it incredible that God trusts us with his love? And so when we, we're responding to his love, by we're trusting him back. And we know that in relationships, when we, when we love and we love the other and the other loves us, that it's a virtuous cycle and it's so exciting. And I, I think I want to say, if, if any of you are questioning about faith and life, is don't hold back. I think my, the one thing that I have learned again and again, and I've, I know I've, in my response to God, I've some, I know I've sometimes not paid attention or, or done as much, but every time I give myself to God and to that relationship with God and to living and supporting those around in the church, every time I give myself more, I get so much more than I give. And God has entrusted to himself. He's given us so much. And then how we respond is so, we get so much. And for me, I just want to encourage you that if, you, if you're still questioning that love that God gives, try it out. Try it out. Trust. He trusts you. Trust yourself to him in a new way. Because I know that that's been the best thing I've ever done. Yes, Hillary is incredible. But the most important thing in my life, the most important love that I have, is that this love that God gives for us. And he gives it for me, he gives it for you. And I'm, all I want to say is that it's not, to, it's not a heavy thing. That's why, that's why that second verse is so important. It doesn't come to condemn the world or to make us feel cowed down. But it's to save the world. It's for a party. It's for joy. It's for fun. And that love that God invites us into is so much fun. That's why I say it's been so much fun being here. That, because there's trust. There's love. And I'm just saying we have so much more. Because God has given us his one and only son. One of my favorite verse, um, parts of, of the Narnia books is when Lucy is chatting to two of the other characters about Aslan, who represents uh, Jesus in, in some way in the, in the books. And Lucy's going, is he, is he a safe lion? Because Aslan's a lion. And um, they just look at him and went, oh, no, he's not safe, but he's good. And God, in all his fullness and all his power, his, his love is overwhelming. And we, it's not safe because love, we all know that love isn't safe. It's incredible, it's powerful. But what it is, is good. And God's love for us is good. And so I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm just reminding myself and I want to remind all of us 
that God's love is unbreakable and that he has given his life for us, his one and only son. And so may each one of us, all of us, I look forward to seeing how you respond and this community and as the church grows and responds to God's love. And I'll be praying for you, if you can be praying for me, that we would respond to God's love with everything that we have so that we would know God's grace and his love and to be able to love him back with all that we are, all that we say and all that we do. So thank you. I'm just reminding us of what we already know and what we need to know and what I need to know most of all as I go from here to remember the most important thing that God loves you. He loves me.